So mentors are a hack. Don't think of it any other way. It's like, you know, if there's people watching this who, who play video games, if you want to get to that next level or you want to get jump to that fourth level, this is the hack of life. And you want to jump to level three or four in the entrepreneurial journey, find a mentor and work for that mentor for as long as you can. guys welcome back to the venture mentality podcast i'm your host jacob o'connor today joining us from australia is michael lane michael started and ran nine successful businesses and connected with some of the most successful people in the world including tom brady tony robbins um so many people but what i where i want to start off is michael whenever you were younger um i think sometimes there's hints of the entrepreneurial spirit that you can kind of see in, in the forefront were there any signs from you at a young age or did it just kind of come along as you developed yeah, no, look, it definitely, there was early signs. Um, age seven or eight, I can't pinpoint exactly. I started to get very interested in people who had nice cars, nice houses, boats, and, you know, that, that kind of desire for cool things started at an early age. So, yeah, I, I knew very early, and I knew it was a bit different because my friends weren't like that and they were you know into comic books they were into different things maybe you know basketball cards and stuff like that and all of my time energy and and pocket money went into Forbes magazine Rob Report Showboat and those kind of things and uh, although my friends thought I was a little bit strange now I look back and I can tell and see it was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And, you know, as Steve Jobs says, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Looking backwards. That's it. So can you kind of then connect some more dots for us? You know, after you have this childhood where you're kind of starting to see you're separating yourself a little bit, take us through your teenage and then all the way up to now years. Yeah. I, I um, reluctantly went to boarding school, which um, if your audience is very American, they may not understand, but uh, especially in, in Europe and in Australia, it's common for you to go live at your school, just like you live on campus at, at college and those kind of things. So uh, in the second year into high school, I got moved from all of my friends and I went to a boarding school and I hated it. But when I got there, I looked around and a lot of the kids' parents were very wealthy. Now, my parents weren't wealthy. My dad worked very hard to get me to a school where I could get a great education. Uh, unfortunately, I did nothing with it, and it was probably a waste from an academic point of view, but from a entrepreneurial, from a connection point of view, it was, uh, and again, connecting the dots backward, uh, it was crucial for me in my journey. But I went there, I saw friends and the money that their parents had. For example, in, in you know spring break and holidays and at summertime, you would go in one friend's dad's private jet to another friend's house on the lake or on the beach somewhere. And for me, I'm looking around going, damn, this is crazy. This is everything that I had thought about and, and dreamed about. And I was living it at the age of 14, 15. So I got my first real taste and desire 
for a lifestyle when I was 14, 15. From there, uh, I didn't get the grades. As I said, I, I left school and I started my first venture at the age of 19. But as soon as I got out of school, I did the most crucial thing you can do as an entrepreneur, and that's learn how to sell, influence, and persuade. So that was kind of what got me through to the, the very beginning of the entrepreneurial journey. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, a lot of kids my age, they're all talking about getting jobs. You know, they all want to make like the, the, the easy jobs or they want to be the waiter or something like that, dishwasher. But what I've always thought and what I've, you know, had confirmed through my interviews is that like sales is the job to get into. So can you kind of go in depth about like, what is it about sales that's important? What I loved about sales was I could immediately impact how much money I made. Now, for people listening to this, as my journey went on, I, I really shifted my focus from income to impact. But I think at the beginning of your journey, it's important because you need to see how you can get an ROI on your time, and that's selling. So I, I learned from the, gre the, the greatest uh, and the best, which I believe um, you know, was, was Brian Tracy was, was one of the best and, and Tony Robbins at, at influencing. And those guys really helped me understand how to authentically sell. See, most people, when they start selling, they do what I call the show up and throw up. And they just start verbally throwing benefits and features at people before they actually sit down and, and try and discover what's most important to somebody. So when you understand there's a proven methodology to selling, and I don't care if you're selling you know, these, you know, or you're selling a jet, you, under, you need to understand the fundamentals. And when you understand that, it's actually really simple. So I think every entrepreneur should go do their entrepreneurial apprenticeship. And what I mean by that is you go work for somebody and you get into their sales department and you work for free for the first three months. You say, you know, it's commonly termed an internship right now. But when I grew up 20 years ago doing this, it was, hey, dude, I'll come work for free and you just pay me a commission. And if you like what I do, um, then after three months, maybe pay me a, a salary and commission. But that's the best thing. The best thing you can do is go get your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. And I would more pick the leader than the product that you're selling. So I would look around and go, damn, that guy or girl knows what they're doing. I'm going to try and knock on their door. I'm going to add so much value. I'm going to be the first one there in the morning, the last one to leave for three months straight. And I'm going to outwork everyone. And I'm going to get that person's attention. And I think that's just a great way for all young entrepreneurs to go, you know what? Before I go try these crazy ideas, before I try and do all this, let's go get some runs on the board. And when I say runs on the board, learn how to sell, and understand the importance of building relationships and finding mentors. It's, it's a hugely important piece. Absolutely. And just to confirm what you're saying, you know, through, through the podcast, I think you're interviewed like 110 or something like that. But I've had the great fortune of talking to a lot of people. And one of my favorite parts has been like the mentorship and all the advice given. So a lot of people think that like, you see these common quotes of like, you don't need any help from anybody, just do it on your own. But I think what they're really like missing out with these quotes is that like, you need to pick people to model yourself after and to learn from. 100%. Let's be clear. It's going to be a long life. 
And if you're listening to this, don't take this the wrong way, but your first deal, first venture, your first business is probably not going to be the one that takes you to a billion dollars. I, I don't, don't look at me as I'm, you know, the negative guy, but I'm trying to give you some reality. So if that's the case, why don't you go learn from somebody first, right? Figure out how the game works, figure out how you can get leverage, figure out that there are proven strategies to then start getting a business and start, you know, scaling that business. But the first step is that of entrepreneurial apprenticeship, find mentors. If you don't find mentors, it's going to be three times as hard. I truly believe that. So mentors are a hack. Don't think of it any other way. It's like, you know, if there's people watching this who, who play video games, if you want to get to that next level or you want to get jump to that fourth level, this is the hack of life. And you want to jump to level three or four in the entrepreneurial journey, find a mentor and work for that mentor for as long as you can. Now, this is going to sound crazy, right? I would suggest you work for one to three mentors for three to five years because you're going to pick up on a whole heap of stuff over a longer period of time where the journey isn't just necessarily all good because in a three to five year period and with two or three different mentors, you're going to see different stages of business. You're going to see people go through ups and downs. You're going to see how they respond to that, how they react to that. It's really exciting to be a part of a company where it's just quarter on quarter, year on year growing, but you can't learn as much as if you see that and then you go see some losses. You see how to deal with those other things. And I think that's vital. And, and let's just have a look at this. You get out of school, you get out of college, and then let's say you're 25 now. You've just had five years doing your apprenticeship. Dude, I tell you now, by the time you get to 30, you're a powerhouse. You're completely ahead. But here's the thing. If you're a 19 or 20 year old starting your first business, I reckon the guy who went and did his five year apprenticeship will beat that other person to 30, even though they started five years earlier. That's how important I think it is. I couldn't agree more. And you know, just to kind of provide some context, like you've been able to surround yourself with an amazing group of people and you've had the, the great fortune of speaking with all of these different people, could you kind of maybe give us some more detail about who they are and how you got into that position to surround yourself with that group of people? Yeah, look, today I have a company called Success Resources. Um, prior to COVID, we were running 500 events around the world. We did 525 in 37 countries last year. Some of my partners, and when I say partners, these are people that I joint venture with, I collaborate with, or I or actually own companies with in some cases, uh, is Tony Robbins, uh, Gary V, Grant Cardone, Sarah Blakely, um, Jay Shetty. So look, I, I'm fortunate to be around some pretty cool people. And essentially what I do, whenever you see a Tony Robbins event outside of America, then that's one of my events. So we two of the greatest minds on the planet. Um, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady at the beginning of this. I was fortunate to meet Tom and have him on my stage in Boston three years ago. And the guy's just amazing, right? Yeah, we all know him as, as the NFL quarterback with six rings, I think he's got. But he's so much more than that. And 
you see this 17 years of ups and downs and everyone just sees it all as ups. But I love that he came and said, Michael, I want to share all the things that didn't work so that hopefully people can learn from that, right? So I, I don't know if you're aware of this right now, but I've just come out with a digital program. It's called Virtual Success Summit. I have 13 of the world's greatest entrepreneurs on there, completely free. And I'd love for, you know, for everyone to come along and, and have a listen to that. But Tom speaks on that one for about 40 minutes and shares all the challenges and, and, and all the stuff that we could learn from that. So uh, he, he's a great, great guy. And for me, I've just always surrounded myself with the world's best and that's allowed me to soar um, because it's easy when you partner with the world's best. And as you're talking about um, the success summit after this, I'll um, take the link and I'll put it in the description. So you guys listening right now, you can swipe up, click on it and you can start learning from the best of the best. But Michael, so you've obviously worked with these people. You, you know them fairly well. What is something that you've noticed that, it, that is a commonality between them? Okay. A couple of things. Um, actually there's a lot of things, but let's give you two or three. The first thing is, um, they move away from income and they move to impact. You know, none of these guys are doing it for themselves. You look at Tony Robbins, uh, he's got a net worth of half a billion. He doesn't need to do any more seminars. He doesn't need to do any of this, but he's, his goal is moved from income to impact. So that's a huge one that I think is important for everyone. And you can't be too early to start on your impact journey. You know, Tony's 60 and it's easy to go, well, when I get to 60, I'll start giving back and doing things. No, you should be looking at how do I make a massive impact now? And trust me, the money will come. The, in, the income will come after you've made the impact. The, the next thing is you have to have a global vision. Um, for too long, I, I acted and thought and built businesses locally and I got no scale, no traction. Um, here's an interesting one for you. My company did 154 million last year. Four years ago, we were doing about 60 million. Soon as I made a decision to lower my ticket prices, lower my revenue model, so I could get a wider audience, is when I went from 60 to 150 over a very short time. So again, for the, for the young hustlers out there, don't think you need to charge more and you need to do this. I dropped my prices and I made it more accessible for people and it allowed me to scale globally. So when I was at stuck at 60, I was just thinking too locally and too thinking much about how much income I can make. So that's another big one. And here's probably the, the third and final for this one would be the extra 2% that the, these guys do, uh, it goes well beyond the average guy or girl. You know, the 2% is they maximize their time. They show up every day. And, I, and, and look, I've learned these lessons by being in proximity to them. But when you see them backstage or we go for dinner or we do something, they make the most of the time allotted. So for example, I'm not saying you need to get up every day and go from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m and not stop, because that's not sustainable long-term. What I'm saying is, when I'm on this podcast with you, I'm giving you everything I've got. And when I leave this podcast and I do my next 20, 25 minute meeting, I'm super diligent in that. 
but then I might take a break and that's okay. But when I am focused, I'm seriously focused with a big global goal to make an impact. And that's what I've learned from these guys. That's remarkable. And as you talk about like giving it your all in each moment, um, each different meeting and stuff that you have going on, what is your opinion or what have you noticed whenever these guys have a packed schedule, it's a full day. They know that they're, they're going to um, either going to have to conserve their energy or by the end, they'll be completely burnt out. What have you noticed that they turn to do? Okay. So these guys don't get burnt out. Here's an example, right? I, I don't know if you or your audience know of Tom Bilyeu. Uh, yes. Impact theory, right? Amazing human, this guy, right? I brought him to Australia. We did a tour. You know, we had him up early. We had a private dinner late that night. And I think I were in the car heading back to his hotel and I dropped him off and I said, how do you feel? And he's like, dude, I'm more powered up now than I was when I woke up. Because these guys have connected their vision and their purpose to the, to the outcome they need that day. So here's a bit of a hack for you guys, right? Is when you wake up and you tap into that long-term vision of who you want to become, not what you want to have, there's a big difference of who you want to become and the difference you want to make, that should just charge you up for the whole day. But then when you look at your schedule and you look at shit on there that you go, fuck, you know, I, 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 I don't get as much enjoyment out of those kind of things because we've all got things like that in our diary. Do you mean, I love the fact that you and I are talking right now. When I look at my diary and I see a podcast, oh, I look at things and I go, damn, I know I'm going to get charged back up for this to get through the rest of my day. But we ha all have those big things in our day that we don't necessarily love, but we have to get it done. So what you've got to do is you've got to link your mission, purpose, and your, your obsession to that task that day that you don't like. So you've got to link it and go, for me to get through this, and I know I'm going to have to sit down and power this out for 20, 30, 40 minutes, but you know what's on the other side of that? If I can achieve that task, I am one step closer to getting to my mission and my vision. So that's a linking process. And if we had more time, I'd go into the mechanics of that. But this, the, the, the simple format is, when you look at those things on your diary that you think they're going to drain energy, before you do that task, sit down, put as much time and energy into me doing this is going to have a huge impact on my long-term vision. If you get that down to a quick art, you can do it in 30 seconds, a minute or 90 seconds, you will never drain energy ever again. Michael, how do you create that vision? Do you have any tips to get us to like that point of the motivation that you're talking about? Yes. So I, and, and let me see if this answers your question correctly. And if it doesn't, please let me know. Um, I'm always working on a 10 year vision of myself. Again, I'm not looking for the shit that I want to have. I'm not looking for the cars. I'm not looking for that. I've got a lot of that out of my system, which I highly recommend most people do. You get that stuff out of your system as quick as you can because you'll quickly realize that the car won't make you happy over a long period of time. It does for a short period and, and, and we need those things, right? But I want to always tap into the 10-year version of who I want to become and the difference I want to make. And I don't know if you saw the Academy, uh, the, the Oscar award-winning Matthew McConaughey when he received his award and he said, I'm always chasing the 10-year version of myself. 
And I think that completely changed the way I look at this. And I watched that three, four years ago and went, damn, that's what I want to do. So I'm always chasing the 10-year version of who I want to be. And I have it at such an epic level that I'm probably not going to make it. And I'm okay with that. Because if I get anywhere near it, even halfway, then I know I'm making an impact. So for everyone listening, there's nothing wrong with going for that car, that watch, that trip, that first class. Get that out of your system as quick as you can so you can get on to making an impact. And then get on to having a 10-year vision of who you want to be, not what you think others want you to be. That answered it perfectly. And Michael, I have two more questions. The first one being, where can people find you online? I'm, I'm everywhere on social media. My handle is it's Michael Lane, ITS Michael Lane. Um, yeah, I, I put all my content out there for free. I don't have a course. I don't have a program. Uh, so yeah, would love for you to connect. And, and if you listen to me on this podcast, just hit me up, DM me and say, Hey, I, I found you on the podcast. And, uh, and I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'll put all of your links in the swipe up. So, you know, for you guys listening, you can actually swipe up on the podcast screen and you'll see the links to Michael's summit as well as his social media. So for the last question, Michael, um, you kind of answered it, but I'd like you to maybe go more in depth with it. But so when you die, the only thing that matters is the difference you made and the impact that you had. So that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? Yeah, look, I, I break that down to two different things. My first phase in business and my second phase. My first phase is going to end when I'm 50. So I'm 40 now. I've got 10 more years to go. Uh, that's where I set my family up with generational wealth by the impact that I make. Um, that goal is to impact 1 billion people through my businesses uh, to impact them positively. Uh, if I achieve that, it is hundreds of millions of dollars and my, my family will be set up forever. The second phase of my journey is 50 plus, And that's where I turn my attention in trying to continue to solve problems for this planet. Charity, philanthropic, um, different things that are completely away from serving me. They're serving the planet, serving the environment, serving others, and they're not self-serving. If I can get to my deathbed, which I think will be 94, I think I've got a strong enough plan and vision to get there, then I'm looking forward to that next sort of 44 years of making a difference. And um, if I get to that and get anywhere near that, I'll be happy. 